Hey everyone, a big welcome back to the Nick Elston Show, Season 5, Episode 5. I've actually got the right episode number this week as well. Apologies for last week. And today I have two, count them, two amazing guests to bring you all at once. Please give it up for Mike and Penny. Big round of applause. Woo! Hey, woo, 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 yeah, woo, yeah, woo. Right from the start, I want to ask you, Mike, something I've been wanting to ask you for years. Why Freddie? And for those who don't understand, Mike <clears throat> Freddie Gordon is the name. Yeah. How long Freddy? have you got? How long have you got, Nick? Quick story. My 36th birthday, the day of my 36th, a girlfriend gave me a surprise ticket to go and see freddie mercury's memorial concert at wembley i'd never seen queen never seen freddie never 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 but that day changed my life i was a boring accountant till <laughs> 364 days into my uh, 35th year on that day i picked up freddie and as you know he's a bit of a lunatic he has no bank balance he has no morals he has nothing at all except <laughs> energy enthusiasm and he's an egypt so this year, Freddie is 30. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Love that. Anyway, yes. before we've, even, we've gone there Mark, quite quickly. Mark Tomlinson, Mark Tomlinson was at that meeting. At the ah, concert. got you. Okay. Didn't meet him, obviously, because there were 94,000 other people. But... <laughs> yeah. So awesome first time I've met Penny. So hey, Penny. Um, Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you, Nick. Nice to meet you too. And but actually, me and Mike go way back for many years now. I've been connected through uh, the good old world of business networking um, through the four networking forum. Of what we've had a few guests on before, people like Brad Burton, Stefan Thomas along the way. And actually, it's been uh, a real kind of aim to get Mike and Penny on the show. And actually, Penny was an added bonus, to be fair, which is really, really cool. Um, but before we go anywhere with this, tell us who you are and what you do, both of you, each of you, whichever you want to go. Right. Okay. He's looking at me. So I suppose it's me first. Um, I am principally a family lawyer. Um, we as a firm deal with um, high net worth divorces, um, mostly money disputes, because he's in spite of the fact uh, that he's also Freddie, he's also a boring accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a very, very good one. He does the forensic accountants, uh, accountancy element of the, the business, which is very, very important to our clients. Um, but we also do uh, child disputes and we also do um, probate, that is to say disputes over estates, you know, where there's, there's problems on who's left what to whom and is the will okay. So that's what we, that's what the firm is all about. Yeah. Um, Mike is going to talk to you about two other um, ventures that we are putting forward at the moment, which I think are very, very exciting. Um, so I'm going to left over to him. Excellent. So I, am the, I am the ideal partner for a divorce lawyer. I'm an obedient 24 7, 365 husband. I do <laughs> everything my wife tells me as quickly and as effectively as I can. We are relaunching Harmony House, long story, but that goes back in my family to the west of Ireland in 1880. My family lived in a Harmony House. We now work in a Harmony House. And Harmony House is all about keeping people together, despite what my darling wife just said about what we do. Some of the time, we do what people want. And we, uh, in the interviews, stuff comes up. And so sometimes we will offer them a divorce deal, which means there isn't really an argument. You've got enough money. Just let's guide you to go, you know, splitting it into sort of without lawyers, without the court, 
can be done and all sorts of changes in the law happening since no fault divorce 6th of april 2022 and allied to that some crazy situations usually a first appointment with a husband at the end of the first hour well i look at penny she looks at me we say he doesn't know what he's talking about uh can we can we go and see your wife and see what she thinks the problem is and a month six months a year later they're still together 12 years later they're still together and we're still talking to them about just putting the work in it doesn't it's not magic um you've got to put the work in so well that, that keeps us we also have a social life but maybe we'll come to that <laughs> we'd love to come to your social life for sure okay so so if i could just add to that yeah uh, the the divorce deals offering is um one that we've we've had online for some time but it's now absolutely the zeitgeist this is the time where people want to do things together if they possibly can mike as an accountant can act for both parties so he can do together even the most complex financial disclosure in a neutral way which saves a fortune okay and in a lot of cases once you've got all the finances sorted then the agreement kind of comes out of that you know yeah um, because there's clarity there's clarity and everyone has to accept that's where the values are the liabilities are the, the cash flow and all the rest of it okay so that's very very good mm. um then we can go to a case where we can we can then do a consent order and it means that yes it goes through the court but it's all on paper and it's much calmer and less animosity which is absolutely super okay mm. Absolutely. And the other one that Mike was talking about, we call it marriage makeover. We're going to have a weekend offering Penny, for Penny, people. Penny, you said you wouldn't do this, Penny. <laughs> I'm going to carry on. Um, but we're going to have a weekend offering in November for couples um, called Relight, which is all about Relight My Fire, which is all about let's get people enjoying their relationship more. Let them get back to what they were doing in the first place. Ideally, not in front of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This fascinating twist is because you you kind of the spillover from the professional to the emotional is 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 very close. Oh, isn't yeah. it? It's a very fine line. Um, so actually, that you kind of end up facilitating that counselling role, which is yeah, which and, is a million miles away from that professional headline, isn't it? Like you said, you look at the professional headline of divorce lawyer and accountant you wouldn't have associated those things unless you saw Mike's cap. You wouldn't have associated those things because that would spill over into the emotional. And I think it's, uh, yeah, I like the angle. It's it's, a, it's unique, actually. Well, we like to think so. Uh, I mean, we're a, we're an unusual firm anyway. If you come to the firm, you know, um, it's it's a lot of people say, well, this is like being in somebody's front room. It's, it's very comfortable. It's very welcoming, you know, tea, coffee, all the rest of it. Um, a number of extremely friendly dogs. If you don't like dogs, there's a problem. Um, you know, it, it's we are a very relaxed uh, approach. And that's intentional because people come to us and they are in a state of emotional turmoil. Mm. Um, and sometimes the men more than the women, because, you know, women talk to other women, but men don't necessarily talk to other men, do they? And and so the men come and we're the first time they've talked about this and it can just be very mm. different. I, I'm yep. not allowed to talk to other women. That's another story. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on the subject yeah, of dogs. Uh, no dog so, sorry, Mike. There's lots of stuff. There's counselling, mediation, arbitration, conciliation. We just call it talking to people. And principally, we listen. 
and we teach people to listen and keep their bloody mouth shut, whatever that rule is about two ears and one mouth and <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, some people, some people are still listening to what their partner was saying four years ago on Tuesday. Mm. And no, they're not saying that now. But yeah, such a, sorry, it's fascinating. As a, a fellow dog lover, give a shout out to your dogs. What dogs do you have? What are their names? Uh, well, there's our dog. Hang on. I'll go and get her in a minute. You can have a look at her. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Her, her name is Sprout. Yes, uh, because obviously she was born around Christmas. Um, she's a rescue a Cocker Spaniel. Um, she came into our lives about 18 months ago and she's an absolute sweetheart. Um, uh, and then we have Oscar who is upstairs, who is a terrier and is a terrier. Yes, that's absolutely correct. Correct description. And then, of course, there is the boss. Um, the boss is a sort of chihuahua cross, um, who's <laughs> <course>. minute, um, <laughs> and called Toffee. And he, he just, exactly, and he just rules the roost, um, needless to say. But I will go and get Sprout so you can see him. Absolutely. And um, whilst we're waiting for that, Mike, tell us about young Mike. Tell us about growing up and stuff. What's oh, your history? It's Nick, that's unfair. It's such a long time ago. <laughs> she is. Oh, hi. Hello. Oh, beautiful. If you're listening to this, make sure you catch the video as well. well it, it all it all began in 1956, which is bloody hell, 66 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Singapore and Malaya, I spent most of my first 10, 12 years in the Far East and Germany. My dad was in the RAF. Mm -hmm. So when I came to time to be educated briefly, uh, I was sent back to Ireland, which is my hometown, home county, homeland, and spent seven years in a boarding school with 600 other boys and 40 priests. Yeah, my film is coming out shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously, in that, in that atmosphere, I developed a craving for female company. And that's where I, I, where I spent more or less the last 40 years. Mm. Um, but yeah, I noticed along the way that you and I didn't expect to see this kind of on LinkedIn, but the uh, sole resort promoter of Las Mimosas Beach Club for quite a long time, actually. Tell us about it. Nineteen nine. Well, I started there. This is timeshare way before your time, Nick. Uh, previous to my darling wife, uh, four of us went to Malaga in 1988 with £30,000. It had been a good year uh, distribution business. And we decided we wanted to buy somewhere in Spain. None of us had ever been. Would you believe we could have bought a one-bedroom flat in Marbella for 30 grand? You couldn't even buy a door knocker now. <laughs> or a quarter share in a posh area, say, like Cliveden in Bristol is to Malaga, a place called Soto Grande. Beautiful quarter share, so you buy 13 weeks occupation. Or... 16 weeks timeshare and it was a disaster uh, some of it wasn't built no lawyers were involved uh, but happily the developer god bless him brian fell out of a tree in 1992 which i think was a bit of a judgment god bless him uh, and the owners took over the resort and some irishman who did maths said yeah i'll i'll do the accounts so it's been fabulous 30 years plus wow. uh, i left it last year with covid i just decided time moves on i'm 65 uh, but we are going there this christmas with another event which is freddie's event which is networking which i'd hope some well-known mental health 
Yes. Speaker might come and just join us. So, yeah. I, it, I have noticed it. It looks great. It does look yeah. great. And I'll pop the link in the bio for anybody who wants to check it out as well. Absolutely. Um, we great. love it. Great. Yeah. And so I guess, um, why accountancy? Doesn't strike me as a, is it something that, I mean, I've heard the, the phrase, I fell into it quite a lot. Yeah, when well, <laughs> maybe Irish uh, maths isn't quite as complicated as world <laughs> maths, but you know, I, I, I was, I seriously, I gather, I was one of only six people who got an A star, star, star in what was called my leaving certificate, A level, very high mark. So I decided I'll go to university and do accounting. Now, then it got really complicated. You had multiplication, division, <laughs> fractions, I mean, stuff I'd never seen before. So I ended up doing, as I do in my life, a bit of a mixture of everything, uh, geology, um, chemistry, uh, just a general science degree. So I didn't end up with a 2-1 like my learned friend here, uh, just an ordinary degree in science. But Great fun. I mean, we had a fabulous field trip to Aaron. You played Aaron. a great deal of golf. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. University. <laughs> Mum and Dad lived in Troon, which yeah. for golfers wow. is the world's biggest golf resort. That's Ayrshire. The yeah. world's second biggest golf resort is Fife. And I went to university in Dundee and St. Andrews. It was a sister wow. college at St. Andrews. So, yeah. One you or two should definitely write that book, Mike, 100 percent so, so then like, I, I've got, I, I got back that. into accounting. I've no idea how, and I'm stuck with it. But happily, I don't prepare accounts. I just analyze them. And I'm good okay. at getting, as Eric Morgan said, I get the numbers in the right order. <laughs> I can't relate on the golf front, for sure. Yeah. I mean, my, my only experience of golf was going along with a couple of friends. Uh, Mark and Ollie, you know them through networking. Um, I had the wrong shoes and got told off for that. I was using somebody else's clubs. All these no-nos kind of thing. I couldn't hit the ball for love nor money. I could drive it, and then that was it. It was just stuck in the grass then. So, yeah, I, I gave it up and went to the bar. <laughs> I'm loving I may as well get a plug-in for the Saudi golf tour, which is transforming professional golf. Bring it on. It's. I mean, you talk about that. Mm. I was warned about wearing a, a collarless T-shirt. I was warned off. Oh, yeah. No comment. That's, yeah, that's an interesting one because that's caused a lot of uh, kind of fri fiori recently, hasn't it? Ferrari yeah. recently. My language yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of upset recently about this kind of Saudi sponsor kind of. I noticed a golf player is coming under a lot of pressure uh, yeah. regarding the kind of political climate around that stuff. Yeah, um, happily, it, again, it's helped our relationship. Penny doesn't play golf, but the only <laughs> time she did. She had a hole-in-one at La Manga, which is a beautiful <laughs> resort in It was only on, was only on a, 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 putting. a putting course, but nevertheless, oh. I did and he didn't. So I was really <laughs> pleased about that. I thought, you know, stop while the going's good, leave at the top. Yeah. <laughs> I get absolutely mullered on a crazy golf course by my wife, so I'm not going to complain at all. The... Um, so yeah, thank you, Mike. So Penny, yeah. tell, us, tell us about Little Penny and growing up and what's brought you to here today. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, I I was born in Solihull, which is uh, Midlands, and then um, first marriage went up to Yorkshire and spent 15 years in Yorkshire in the West Riding, uh, in and around Huddersfield, uh, became a partner in a firm there, and then marriage broke down and was introduced to this gentleman here on my left um, through my sister. 
um, I'd gone, I was divorced. I'd gone down to see my sister one evening and uh, she said, oh, goodness, you know, my husband doesn't want to come, but will you come to this party that my, one of my clients is putting on? She was running a business. Mike was uh, one of her clients for his her business, it was Human Resources. So we went to the party. It was his party. <clears throat> so there we are. So then we conducted a long, long distance relationship um, which was quite um, interesting at times on one particular occasion. Um, he'd invited me away for a weekend. Um, uh, having accepted, I must have had a drink at the time, um, I, then, I then decided this was complete madness and I decided when he arrived, I would tell him we'd just go out for a drink or a meal or something. Could possibly go away for a weekend. Goodness me, what did I think I was doing? Mike, of course, being Freddie, really, <laughs> Um, had already somehow divined that I might be um, a bit nervous about this. So he turned up at the door and when I opened the door, he said, um, oh, I'm terribly sorry, but uh, Mike can't come. I'm his twin brother. <laughs> um, and, and I thought, Dominic. yeah, yeah Dominic, I, I'm his twin brother. And um, so we, we'll, we'll go away because it's all paid for. It's a silly, silly to waste it. But we'll just go as friends and just have a nice time. So I kind of quickly recalibrated and thought, now I have to respond in kind. And I said, Rob, it's funny you should say that, but Penny can't come either. <laughs> and so Love for that. the first couple of days, we were two other different people. And that is really an interesting thing to do. Yeah, really interesting. A lot, interesting is a, whole, a really interesting word in itself, isn't it? On it a is, whole, lots of levels, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> we, don't, we don't make this up, but we met for the first time, our eyes met across a crowded dance floor at my house in Starport on Valentine's evening, wow. 93. So Freddie had been going for a year and he hooked this woman at a fabulous party. And the song playing at the time, believe it or not, was Black or White by Michael Jackson. Yeah, nice. My favourite my favorite colour. Very Ooh. good. But Black or White. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So are you truly being heard in life and in business? And think about that genuinely. If the answer to that is no, then you've found the right event. If you want to give yourself that boost personally and professionally, come along to find your voice live. This is will change your life. It's, this will be the game changer that you've been looking for. It provides me with the confidence in myself to prove to myself that I can do it. I can get up on stage. I can speak. There's absolutely nothing to be nervous about with these events. It's very, very open, very, very relaxed. It helped my confidence go from here at the beginning of the day to here at the end of the day. Hey everyone, my name is Nick Elston. I'm an inspirational speaker on the lived experience of mental health and a transformational speaking coach. I'm the founder of Forging People and Find Your Voice Live is our flagship event where we cross the boundaries of personal development, mental health, transformation and public speaking. Your ability to speak, to deliver any message to any audience with clarity and power and emotion will have an ultimately defining impact on your success by your own definition of that really subjective term. Speaking is life, speaking is business, speaking is education, and that's the thing that we focus on most. What I find is that people are here for many, many different reasons. Some people do absolutely want to be a stage speaker, a professional speaker. Some people want to be able to represent their business uh, or to lead a team or inspire a movement or create a story. But even actually, some people want to be here just because they want to feel they want to be heard at home. 
Maybe they, they don't feel their opinions being heard, that they can't say yes to the things they want to say yes to or no to the things they want to say no to. Again, this is where personal development meets mental health, meets public speaking to create a real positive impact. At the end of Find Your Voice Live, you will walk away with massive confidence around delivering your message. The ability to stand up and deliver means you will enhance your self-esteem in an amazing way. You will also have the skills and tools and tips and techniques to not only deliver a presentation, but to structure a presentation, to find your audience, to be able to deliver emotional storytelling to help your audience feel and make them want to be part of your tribe, make them want to be part of their, your following and really tune into what you're truly about, to truly make yourself heard in life and in business. If you're sat on the fence, if you're still not sure, take the model that I use, say yes, worry about it later, and I'll make sure that you're looked after brilliantly. Myself and my team will make sure that you have an amazing day, a transformational day, that will have the desired positive impact that you want to achieve. And um, Penny, what, what, what took you into law? What Was that always something you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I'd always, I, I was interested uh, by the law. I could see that it was a, a very interesting profession and it was something I wanted to do from being a child. Um, funnily enough, after I did um, my articles at Pinsons in Birmingham, which was a huge uh, company commercial firm, I was somewhat put off, didn't like the atmosphere, thought, hmm, don't know about this. And then I was very fortunate because I went for a, a very basic kind of conveyancing job because I needed the money. Um, and the people who interviewed me um, very kindly um, realized that I had other dramatic tendencies, which is absolutely true. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Sure. Um, and um, they said, well, mm. we, we can see you as an advocate. And what we need here is a criminal advocate. So. I went into criminal advocacy and I did that for about 10 years. Very exciting. Um, as you will have seen from the papers these days, the criminal legal aid doesn't pay anything. You, you have to live on fresh air. Um, but it didn't at that time. That was in the 80s. It was it was good. It was quite a good living. Um, but then I had to, as it were, go up the ladder in the firm. So I started doing family and I swapped over to doing more of family, et cetera, et cetera. And I am where I am. And of course, I moved when I got married to Mike mm. to Worcestershire and with his help I was able to start my own firm and here we are. Amazing. Tell us about criminal advocacy. Uh, what does that mean to the layman? What it means is you're representing clients in the magistrates courts on criminal cases. Okay. And you're preparing cases to go to the higher courts to be represented by barristers. Some solicitors now have higher advocacy rights um, in the criminal courts and they will go and do that as well. Um, it depends on your workload and what you've got to do. Mm. Um, but the reason it's ad uh, exciting is you never know what's going to happen next. You know, I represented murderers, rapists, but also um, I remember one particular um, incident uh, where someone had actually been arrested for um, threatening to kill his mother-in-law. And um, and and I actually had quoted in the paper my line in mitigation, which is that if everybody who had threatened to kill their mother-in-law was arrested <laughs> and brought before the court, 
um, the magistrates would be doing double time and I would be earning a lot more money. <laughs> so that sort of thing was quite, quite interesting. And how, I mean, I find it really fascinating because I work a lot in kind of um, not just in businesses, but also like in prisons and reform establishments and schools and stuff that with the prison element, how did you find you manage that relationship emotionally when you were representing uh, people that had um, kind of committed crimes to varying degrees? How did you find that both personally and also professionally? A lot of them. I felt very sorry for. Um, there is a huge number of people in our prison population who are undereducated for one reason or another. Mm. Um, and they find it difficult to find their way around society as it is now. And you could see cases where someone with a different background, with different backing, with different representation wouldn't have got anywhere near prison. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, the other thing is, I, I found that it went through families mm. um, and there was a kind of um, acceptance that this is how their life was going to be. And it was very difficult to break the mould of that. Mm. And I thought that was very, very sad. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I came across very, very few people who I would have said were evil in any way. Yeah. Um, the only one I ever came across who I would have avoided at all costs actually got away with everything um because he was very wealthy very well represented and all the rest of it and there was no evidence but um i didn't like him at all but mm. there was no evidence so there you go not it's not up to the criminal lawyer to judge the client you know yeah. people people tend to say to you how can you represent someone who you know is guilty well the whole point is you don't know they're guilty yeah, exactly. That's um, the, the trial, well, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. And, and also, it's been well said that, you know, as, if you ask all the population in prison, 90% of them will say, I'm not guilty anyway. Yeah, 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 very true. Exactly. That's very what true. they've told their, their lawyer. And it's not for the lawyer. The lawyer is there to present their case as well as possible. Yeah. Okay. So that's what you do. If, on the other hand, you know that there's no question that they're guilty, then mm. you can't represent them. Mm. um as being not guilty that yeah. would be against your professional uh duties. Ah, interesting very good very interesting thank you uh, and back to both of you i guess uh, to the backdrop of obviously the past couple of years in terms of the pandemic and lockdown and a lot of people uh, as to be said a lot of people haven't lived in safe environments i think lockdown is one thing but actually when you've been locked down in an environment which isn't necessarily safe or healthy yeah. have you seen a change in the rates of things like mediation or divorces uh, for, as we come back out into 2022? Uh, we're, we're, we're certainly extremely busy at the moment. And I think people, particularly with a no-fault divorce as well, people are saying, right, now is the time. Um, and and also, you know, so you've got the, the, the double whammy, if you like. You've got the, the end of the pandemic and you've got no-fault divorce. So people are kind of really saying that they want to change their lives. And they have an opportunity to do it in a, with as little animosity as possible, which is great. During the pandemic, um, not particularly in our practice, but certainly nationwide, there was an explosion of domestic violence, which is horrible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Happily, we don't do a lot of children cases. Usually yeah. there's a financial element with obviously children attached. But I particularly as an Irishman, I don't have my own children. I've adopted two great kids now, grandkids. Um, I really get wound up about kids. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff that, passes our desk and we don't do a lot of it i think 
to smack somebody. I didn't say that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's crazy stuff, some of it, yeah. I mean, and you are dealing with people, uh, even though I, I love your your kind of your take on this and, and your angle and your approach, that you are dealing with people at potentially the worst times of their lives, mm-hmm. having experienced kind of the divorce process myself. Absolutely. It's not, it's up there with kind of like the shittest things that can happen to yeah. you for sure. But yeah. how do you protect yourselves whilst you're protecting and helping other people? Because there is that kind of inclination for the people such as yourselves that will give so much of yourself and inject so much of your uh, kind of ethos and ethics and morals into what you do. There's this this real risk you become those wounded healers, I guess. How do you yeah. recharge when, you, when you're doing so much for people? You have to be very aware of that. And you have to just step back occasionally and kind of tell yourself, look, I, I, I can't do the job for the client if I'm going to get so emotionally involved. But um, yes, you're absolutely right. We've just actually had a conference for the sole practitioners who tend to get very involved with their clients because it'll just be them and the client. Mm. Um, and we had a mental health presentation there. And it is it is really important that you are aware if you're getting stressed out and you take time out. Mm. Um, so you need to have regular breaks. You need to do other things as well. And one of the other things that we do is we actually put on pantomimes. Oh, no, we don't. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> oh, no, we don't. Well, you lined them up for that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Has Nick Elston seen the panto? No, I haven't. Oh, come on. Oh, right. Well, we have one already that we produced all over Europe and all over England, wow. uh, which is yeah, yeah, Snow White uh, and the Seven Small Business People, um, or, <laughs> <laughs> or Seven Whatever You Like. You know, it can be adapted. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I am in the process, world exclusive. World exclusive. I'm in the process of writing a new pantomime. This is just for networking. It's only kind of twenty minutes, but we put it on wherever it's required. Um, and this is uh, this is Father Christmas. And the seven Elvises. Okay. I'm in. Where do I sign? <laughs> We've heard it here first, folks, that I okay. will be booking Mike and Penny to do this at one of my events. I will guarantee you. Yeah. Because the problem is, you see, Father Christmas has had, like everybody has, problems with getting the right staff mm. after the pandemic. You know, there's nobody there. So he goes to his HR department and he says, Right, well, I want I want some more elves. And they go, Oh, you can't you can't say that. That's that's racist, you know. So he says, "Oh, blimey! What well, can I put? Elvish people? Um, yeah, okay, you can put that." Well, the problem is that Father Christmas has a problem with predictive text, and therefore, <laughs> <laughs> so then you know the chorus comes in of the seven Elvises, and he has to make do with them. Uh, added to which, he's got awful problems with Rudolph because the reindeers. Um, have been looking at all the different terms and conditions that have become available since the pandemic and they want to work from home. <laughs> and not anti-social hours. Rudolph would like to do his hours on the 5th of August. It'll never work. It'll never work. But we are, we're definitely booked in to do it in Malaga and, yeah, we've missed oh, it. Not. I, I love the sound of that. One of my favourite authors, uh, a guy called Terry Pratchett. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Love him. Yes. And it, it just sounded like it left out of this. Is my alter ego. Really love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It just it felt like it leapt off the pages. Oh, it's amazing. Amazing thing. Anyway, yeah, yeah we should absolutely do that. 
Uh, so I guess that kind of we've spoken about the past, we've spoken about the present. What next? Because I know Penny, you've got exciting things uh, in store that you're kind of working towards. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm uh, in training, just about to finish my training um, this Saturday as an authorised lay minister of the Church of England. Um, wow. Something I've, I uh, I've been a church warden for some time. It's something I decided I wanted to do. Um, it's all about community. It's all about kindness. It's all about doing what we can for each other. And um, I want to do more and contribute more on that basis. And I'm very excited to be able to do that, which will mean that I can start um, leading or participating in leading services uh, for my community, which will be fun. Phenomenal. I could walk behind her bowing slightly. And, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and is, is faith always played a big part in your life or is this something that's come into your life? Um, when I was a teenager, yes, I used to go to church regularly, certainly up until I was a teenager and then kind of not. Um, and it's really since we've moved to our new house in, in Wick, which is just outside Pershaw. We're very fortunate to have a beautiful community, beautiful church. We started going to church again and it kind of reawakened my faith. And um, in fact, I was only confirmed about three years ago. Okay. Yeah. So. Amazing. Love that. I think also there's, uh, whether intentionally or not, there's certainly aligns with kind of how you do things generally in, in life and business and helping people. And I think it just, it's just seems such a great fit, to be honest. I think. Well, I, I hope so. Yes, absolutely. Because I think, uh, I think essentially in life is, is hope or the hope of something better that drives us all. And and I think so there's certainly given people that hope in lots of different ways that you do, but also that in a very noisy world, we don't feel heard. And I think we just truly want to be heard and understood. And I think that by using that platform, I know it's going to create a lot more good than even that you're doing already. So that's an amazing thing, Penny. Well done. Well, we've Thank just you. passed a fabulous event in Vic, which is the Confetti Fields Festival. So if you can imagine 200 football pitches covered with delphiniums of every shape and colour, wow. that happens about five minutes walk from our house and we have a church service there on a Tuesday or Wednesday evening and it's just awesome uh, you know oh, the energy beautiful. that goes into producing this field mm. it appears magically for two weeks every year and then two weeks later it's all gone it's cut into confetti and then stored and sold all around the world but it's just wow. magical, really magical yeah amazing yeah. and what next what's next for you Mike stroke Freddie <laughs> well hopefully retirement uh, no no we're, <laughs> we are stepping stepping on who knows just mm. wake up every morning thankful that i've still got most of my facilities and <laughs> um, yeah we've got grandkids we're taking to south wales next week they've been just magic as i say i've no Amazing. no siblings of my own and 15 years with these guys has been an education and a revelation so this time next week we'll have started the mountaineering co-steering go-karting kung fu boxing <laughs> <laughs> they'll keep us they'll keep us young I'm sure. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. i mean if i'm teaching dylan god bless him to be a magician I've got <laughs> my business freddie's business cards now are actually playing cards with silly stuff on them and he's seriously good at this stuff so yeah he's he's coming up behind me watch his face <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. kind of ending on on the theme that I started with this kind of Freddy transformation. Do you think it was by design? Is oh. it something that just kind of changed inside you at the time, or do you feel that it was something that just caught you completely off track? It's got to be off track. You couldn't have, you know, rehearsed and auditioned a show like I've run for the last 30 years. Mm. Um, no, I'm, I'm delighted to have been hooked by the energy. Mm. And that keeps me going. As I say, I signed my personal emails, Explorer, Enthusiast, Egypt. And all <laughs> that is part of what keeps me going. Yeah, I'm blessed to have met some people, been some places. So, yeah, yeah. And where did you get serendipity? Carpe diem, as my Latin teacher used to tell me. I've no idea what it means, but you know, whatever. Seize the day, isn't it? Or something. Uh, well I think, yeah. um, our good friend Terry Pratchett is carpe jugulum. Seize the fruit. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think the world would be a far better place, and I still miss Latin at church. But it would be a far better place if we could speak Latin. It just conveys so much in short pithy sentences you know veni vidi vici you know i came i saw i fell over um, <laughs> where did you get the cap mike cap is don't tell him it's dylan's um my my grandson's um nice i like it i okay. love it with the spanish element obviously it should be a bum off but um yeah let's go is good the question I ask everybody that comes on the show uh, goes to the playlist that is happening at the end of the season five. Is this? I am now the MC of the O2 Arena in London. Twenty thousand people have paid our hard-earned money to come and hear you guys do your thing, wherever your thing is. I'm just about to call you to the stage, and your walk-on music kicks in. That song that motivates you, that lifts you, that gets you at peak state. Each of you, what would your walk-on music be, and why? I. I may be cheating here, but it would have to be, if it was at the O2, it'd have to be Dancing on the Ceiling uh, by Lionel Richie, because I was there when he was singing it, and we were literally dancing on the ceiling. My mobile rang, and it was my mum's care home, and they said, sorry, Mike, your mum's had an altercation with one of the other guests. I said, excuse me, I'm listening to Lionel Richie. I'll give her a ring. Seriously, I saw her on the following Monday morning with a split lip. My mum, 83. Happy memory. So, yeah, I'd get them down to the ceiling. Nice. Good memory hook. <laughs> Penny, what would your walk of music be? Oh, well, this this might surprise you. Carmina Burana. Oh, well. Carl Okay. Yes, you know the one, the one that's in the end. Yes, that one. Yes, yeah. the one. Da, 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 like that. Da, da, da. that like dramatic. Yes. Very, Very yes. dramatic. Yeah, love that. Look, guys, it's been amazing to have you both on the show. So, big round of applause to you. Ding dong. Lovely to speak to you. That's love it. chatting to you guys too. So, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you all enjoyed today's show as much as i did please do connect with mike and penny all their links and stuff are in the bio um and stay tuned for next monday's episode got another amazing guest coming your way then uh so hit like and subscribe and all that jazz and whatever it takes to get you coming back next monday uh so from me to you be well take care stay happy cheers guys bye 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 bye